Hello Tennis Weekly listeners, this episode is brought to you by Tennis Channel. Tennis Channel is the only place in the UK where you can watch the 2022 Davis Cup finals and catch players like Felix Auger-Aliassime, Matteo Berrettini, Marin Cilic, Francis Tiafo, and Denis Shapovalov as they battle it out for their nations to become the world champions of tennis. You'll also be able to catch the Battle of the Brits in December featuring Andy Murray where he will be taking on the likes of Jack Draper and Dan Evans. Plus, with the Tennis Channel subscription, you get exclusive access to original shows featuring top players, award-winning documentaries, and coaching videos. Sign up now to Tennis Channel at www.tennischannel.app or download the app and use the code UKDC at checkout for 50% off your annual subscription. That's just £12.50 for an entire year's worth of access to Tennis Channel. So once again, that's www.tennischannel.app or download the app and use the code UKDC at the checkout for 50% off. And the link is in the description. Hey listeners, this is Joel. And just to let you know, this edition of Tennis Weekly Meets was recorded live and on site in Glasgow, where we were trialling a new sound setup. So you may hear a few odd noises during the episode. Regardless of that, it's a great interview. And Rebecca was a fantastic guess so it's well worth a listen please take your seats quickly ladies and gentlemen thank you hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to tennis weekly with joel and kim sponsored by downloadtennis.com on today's tennis weekly meets we speak to billy jean king tournament director rebecca james to find out what it takes to stay to the world cup of tennis so much for taking the time out of your schedule uh, to come onto the show here live in Glasgow uh, for the Billie Jean King Cup finals. First of all, I've got to ask, how, how are you feeling? How's it going? Are you excited? We've seen some fantastic tennis already. How's it going for you? I'm very excited. Um, I think, you know, this event, um, culmination of this year's competition, crowning the winners at the end of the week um, of the Billie Jean King Cup finals, um, it's, it's an exciting week. Um, uh, it's an exciting atmosphere amongst all of the nations that are here competing. Um, and I think it's just something very special and you can almost feel it kind of amongst the players, mm. the camaraderie within their teams and competing for their nation. Yep. It's, also, it's bigger than the individual players and it's something very special mm. and your role officially is tournament director can you just give our listeners a little bit of an insight into what that means what does your routine look like during uh, the tournament what, what do you do in the in the build-up to the tournament how is it how does it compare so my role as tournament director um, is to make sure that the planning and delivery of the events mm-hmm. um, goes um, to schedule um, and hopefully as smoothly as possible <laughs> as well um, so the all of the operational areas of the event, um, from the venue layout, the temporary overlay, the branding, the court setup, mm-hmm. security, health and safety, um, everything that goes into um, putting an event um, like this on, uh, as well as the workforce, from officials to ball crew to volunteers to all of the contractors. Mm-hmm. It is a huge team um, and a huge effort, I guess, that goes into um, staging a, an event of this scale. So um, how do you become a tournament director? That's a very good question. <laughs> um, so, do you ask yourself that every day uh, you're on site uh, at the event? 
Um, I, I guess in a way, um, I've had a love of tennis as a sport. Um, I found through um, throughout my career, kind of um, that event organisation was something that I really enjoyed. Um, so being able to combine the two um, is is something very special. Um, something that uh, I don't take for granted, um, and something that you know I'm very proud um, that I'm able to achieve. Um, really, my introduction to the game of tennis was um, actually as a seven-year-old spectator when my mum took me to one of the LCA's Pro Wimbledon Grass Court events oh, nice. in Eastbourne. Beautiful, um, beautiful place to start. So um, yeah, that and from from having tennis as a hobby growing mm. up to I mean I, I don't know whether I would have you know believed that I would be able to forge a career and mm. yeah. career in it as well and um, but really along the way I think it, it's just saying opportun- saying yes to opportunities that come mm. along um, I think that's what's been true for me I've kind mm. of I've never really necessarily had a five year plan or mm. known what you know what was coming next mm. but um, like I say it's really actually just saying yes to the opportunities sure. they, could they mm. come along and just um, I thirst to keep learning to keep um, experiencing new things mm. and certainly to be involved in the Billie Jean King Cup finals um, and more widely my role kind of with the Billie Jean King Cup team from a British perspective mm. um, those are definitely special weeks of the year. Mm. You've got an amazing opportunity here to put on a fantastic event and we're kind of living through it at the moment uh, your role as tournament director what is like your favorite thing uh, when it comes to the role and also what are some of the challenges you've had to deal with putting on an event of this magnitude yeah I mean my my favorite thing uh, really um, is actually seeing smiles on the faces of the people at the event mm. whether that's spectators whether that's any of the workforce groups that I mentioned earlier that might be involved whether that's the players mm. like I guess sometimes I see my ultimate goal is um, making them or allowing them to have a really enjoyable experience um, on, if you flip that on its head though a challenge is <laughs> you know you can't always please everybody or mm. you can't control how people react mm. to things so it's trying not to take it too personally if yeah if, if kind of people don't see kind of the the event or um the same way i do mm. in a way but mm. you know it's it's having a great team around you really mm. and it is the the the, event, the experience on the ground is is really about the workforce in mm. the event around the mm. event as well um those touch points with say the volunteers the touch points with the public mm. the warm welcome as they're arriving we actually absolutely love the DJ. The DJ choice and the music choice at the venue Impeccable. has been fantastic. It's just literally tune after tune after tune. It's kept Great the energy nice. up, which I think has been really important, particularly when, for example, yesterday, we went really, really late and felt like people's energy levels were down. And I like having it create a feeling like an event and not just, you know, um, I think an event on the, on the tour. It's got a little bit of a more distinctive feel to it. Certainly, and um, that's exactly what we can do with mm. this team competition, with an indoor event as well. Um, it's, it's sports entertainment, mm. and it's, it's making a showcase of it. And it's, um, we've got world-class players here on site competing in the tournament, um, and through their tennis, they can inspire the spectators to get involved, pick up a racket, etc. 
but we also want them to have fun whilst they're here mm. as well and that feel good factor. Mm. I think that's an interesting point you made around indoor courts and how I feel like there's more possibilities in an indoor arena. I think we felt that we were at Prague last year and, and you do feel that versus uh, you know going to more kind of traditional events for example in, in the grass court season. So from what we understand you have been uh, working at Nottingham as well. Can you talk to us a little bit about kind of what the difference is between like an event like that which is outside knockout format from from day one versus the format like here when it's a bit more of a combination of round robin and knockout but also the fact that it's indoor and you've got more opportunities to play with yeah of course so i mean the main difference being indoors is you don't have to worry about the weather <laughs> as a tournament organizer when you're trying to organize everything as it should be and for the outdoor tournaments, the weather being the one thing that you can't control, it's an organised nightmare. <laughs> um, so, yeah, certainly don't have to worry about that. But as you say, it's not just the music, but the indoor events with the, the lighting can have such more of a, a visual impact. Um, and I quite like that, um, again, with this team format, with players representing their country, we can really, through the music, through um, the lighting, um, really build that sense of anticipation and excitement and that's what I really love doing because I get goosebumps when I watch the hype VT video um, and I just want everybody else to feel that feeling in the arena as well. Chris really wants that Billie Jean King jacket. Oh, I want the, the jacket. jacket. He wants the jacket. I want the jacket, yeah. Um, the winner's jacket. Yeah, I think they're awesome. I think um, you might have to be in the winning team to. Oh, you've got to earn it, haven't you? That's the problem. Oh. And I also. We'll make, our, we'll make our own one. Yes, but um, kind of touching upon the, the scheduling side of things, the hot topic on the tour is kind of late finishes and scheduling issues there. I think the nature of this tournament is there are a lot of matches to get through, um, and when people are playing for their country, they tend to go pretty long because they fight for every single point. Um, I'd love to hear your perspective on how you manage the, the schedule um, so that it works for players as well as for, for fans alike. I mean, we, we're trying to do everything within our control, I suppose. Um, like you say, you, you can't control the length of a match. Mm. Um, players do really rise to the occasion when they are competing for their country um, and it creates some incredible um, action mm. on the court, which is really exciting for spectators. So on that side of thing, you know, there is a lot of um, excitement around those, you know, really long battles. Mm -hmm. um, equally, yes, it has a knock-on effect because we've got a lot of matches to get through. So, um, you know, we, we've started as early as we, we possibly can do here, mm -hmm. um, an hour earlier than they did in Prague last year. Yep. Um, it's a medium-fast court. Um, I suppose compared with the Davis Cup, the doubles is a match tie break in mm. the third set. So there are a few things that are kind of helping us here yeah. this week. And it's last night, the doubles, yeah. <laughs> 44 minute or 47 minute doubles, mm. um, but there were a lot of relieved yeah. staff too. Yeah, yeah, we were we were blaming Jill Tightman for that that in that earlier match. Uh, yeah, for the what for three hours, well close to three hours. Um, yeah, putting everything out of kilter. Interesting, you talk about the court speed as well because I feel like we've obviously we've just had the Paris Masters. They had finish that went past 3am and I felt like they were asking for trouble on the, the, the slow court that they had putting six matches on you know in an arena it's always yeah risking you know risking the situation um just talking about this event specifically and you know the nature of you know it going to Glasgow for me it's been very kind of quite a quick turnaround you know it was allocated I think 
four or five months ago and you know traditionally I feel like with events you'd like to have a longer kind of lead up time to that what are sort of some of the emotions kind of you're going through as tournament director when it's been allocated to say Glasgow and you're starting at, at the very at the very beginning and you're like I've only got so much time to, to put on an event what's the you know what, what's going through your mind there um, so what's going through my mind? Um, my to-do list. State of panic. No. Um, no, I think, um, yeah, I guess the art of, the art of trying to stay in control is the calm outward mm. atmosphere whilst like a duck you're paddling like crazy underneath the water. Um, it's, it's having, in all honesty, a great team around you, clear roles and responsibilities set, um, clear plan of action, um, regardless of how long you've got um, to plan and deliver an event, um, you want to plan as best as possible um, in the lead up to the event because on event it's always firefighting, whatever comes up on the day, and it's giving yourself the capacity to be able to do that. Talking of kind of firefighting, there's been um, a bit of a challenge around the WTA finals finishing on the Monday and then some of the top players are also here now. Um, as a tournament director, are there things that you can do to try and make that kind of as easier transition from one time zone to another and to try and um, facilitate the players in that area to make it something that um, doesn't cause too much of a pain point for the tournament? Yeah, so um, we as the RTA, um, you know, collaborated with the, the ITF um, on our schedule here. Um, when, when that information was confirmed. So, for example, the teams that at that point in time were likely to have players in the finals weren't competing on the Tuesday. So we certainly looked at all of the possible ways that we could help our end of, of, of making it as smooth a transition as possible, given the circumstances. Yeah, um, I think that's one of the things that, and we spoke to Elise Mertens and she said it's, uh, she won the finals, so she's like, as long as she won the final, she's happy to be here, which I think is um, the players are taking a really positive attitude and that's what's great about that situation. Um, we also were going to comment on the fact there's loads of uh, children and school kids that are here and that's something that all the players have spoken about, about how it's very uh, inspiring for them to be able to try and inspire others and um, is that a big part of this event is kind of the outreach element and getting um, kids to be uh, close to tennis and getting kids into the sport. Definitely. I think, you know, it's an incredible opportunity to be able to see world-class players. Mm. Um, so if we can um, invite school children here, um, whether they are fans of tennis yet or not, or, you know, ready to be converted, <laughs> the power of being able to see live sports yeah. is, is incredible, I think, um, and very inspirational um, and can, you know, help to inspire mm. someone to pick up a racket or you know, to get involved in the game in any other mm. way. Um, mm. And, you know, we've got girl guide groups coming as well and, you know, other community activation around it. Um, so from a visibility point of view, the photo exhibition with Getty mm -hmm. in the city mm -hmm. centre as well. Mm -hmm. um, we've had female uh, performance coaches up earlier in the week with a behind-the-scenes tour. Um, so we're looking at the, the workforce side of things and then on participation, local um, children have been competing um, in a girls set and match competition, um, which culminates at uh, Scottsdale tomorrow and then they'll be coming down to watch the tennis as oh, well. Right. So, you know, hosting these events um, really... It's the bigger picture is, is really important, isn't it, it? Yeah, it can definitely um, help support and drive um, so many different kind of programmes and initiatives and, and work that the RTA is doing. Mm. 
And you know, from your experience as a whole, as a, as a tournament director, what are the for you the key ingredients that you you would you need? I think to, to run a, a you know a top tier kind of tennis event like the the Billie Jean King Cup. Um, I would say a great team around you, a calm approach <laughs> to things. Um, yeah, having having perspective, it's knowing what you can control. Mm-hmm. Um, and and focusing on that um and also on the ground in terms of you know during the event and you know it it can be long days and it's um Mm -hmm. i think it's about um also kind of how you react to things um i'm i think naturally kind of quite a positive person glass half full always a smile on my face and i hope that's a I guess has a, then a positive impact on my team as well, um, gives them confidence. Um, so certainly, yeah, great team around you um, and a calm exterior. I think we're both up for that then. Really, really good tournament director. Um, I was going to ask you around uh, the UK and what is it about the UK that makes for such great tennis events? That's a very good question. Yeah, I think we have grown um, a reputation for hosting great events obviously we have you know annual events during the month of june in the grass court season which is a great shot window for our sport um but being able to stage events outside of that period as well Mm. that comes back to the visibility point as well i think um in terms of growing awareness and you know having um world-class events at different times of the year so Mm. you kind of you can keep tennis in the spotlight keep talking about it um so, you know, we've been able to do that more and more um, over kind of maybe the last five years or so, especially when, um, you know, as we're at the Billie Jean King Cup competition, we can that, that competition back in 2019, um, we were able to host um, the first home tie for the GB team mm-hmm. in something like 25 years. Yeah. Um, that was, for me, incredible to be part of, to put on that event in that year. Um, and then, like, London buses we had a second one come on just a few months later so we held two in 2019 but I mean really the the buzz for me is again when you can see the excitement of the 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 players and they get that home support when you can see the excitement of the crowd again that feel good factor of life sport there's nothing like it I don't think no I completely agree and um this is a question that I've always wanted to ask. As a tournament director, Heather Watson's on right now. Does a tournament director always have to remain impartial, or can they back the Brits? I mean, I back the Brits. Oh, okay. okay. Is that a scoop? Might be a scoop. <laughs> I um, mean, yeah. I, uh, There's no, no I'm denying British, it. Yeah. No, I'm British. Okay. I'm certainly supporting the Brits, but it wouldn't affect how I would deliver the events for all the teams. Yeah. They all get the same treatment, but in terms of, yeah. Mm. Being my, a fan. Yes. Yeah. And, and just actually on being a fan, on your bucket list of events, tennis events, like worldwide, what is what is on your on your bucket list? Where have you been that you've been impressed by? And where have you not been that you would love to go to? Very good question. So I suppose I've been fortunate to, to have visited a number of events. Service um, and Challenger? I have been there, yes. <laughs> so... Um, so um, Fortunately, I've been to all of the Grand Slams, mm-hmm. um, and again, it's it's a bit of 
business and pleasure. I've been able mm. to visit some tournaments, you know, just, just as, again, coming back to just being a tennis fan myself mm. um, and taking enjoyment from it. Although sometimes you can't always switch off. You're looking at the signage that another tournament does or mm. how, you know, certain things operate. And, yeah, um, so you can't always switch off. But um, you can certainly, yeah, enjoy that. Um, so where would I like to go that I haven't been? I mean, I hear... All the players and a lot of like tournament staff say that Indian Wells yeah. is desert. Desert. Yeah. So I'd really like to kind of yeah experience that, <laughs> see what they do, how they do it, see if any tips I can mm. pick up. Tennis paradise. Yeah. I I I think a lot of people recently were saying Guadalajara is quite an interesting one because they had the WTA finals and they had the, the, the two fifty event. Yeah. 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 So uh, in, interesting one. Um, we've got one final question for you. It's a question we ask all of our guests onto the show uh, we are a British podcast we do love our tea and we've got to ask what's your tea game or do you have a tea game in terms of your cup of tea do you take milk do you take sugar what type of tea bag do you have or are you not a tea person you're a coffee person a coffee. Oh, it makes sorry, sense I'm tournament director person. it makes sense coffee coffee Caffeination, I get it. Okay. Yeah, I also had two years in France and they converted me, I'm afraid. Oh. Sorry. Okay. No, it's so, okay. Yeah, it's I'm okay. a coffee, just black coffee as well. Caffeine. Okay, wow. Sorry. Fanta- is that the first coffee? That, yeah. It's extremely. That, no, it's The first coffee no, of an interview. I think it is, actually. Um, no, no, I, no, we'll I absolutely understand it. I think it's, as, again, I say, I think it's really appropriate given events. <laughs> tournament director I feel like you just constantly need the, the energy up in, in Capitation to give that but um, it's been great having you onto the show really really insightful it's been int- very interesting to learn and hear about how you put on an event like the Billie G King Cup so thank you very much for coming on thank you for having me and listeners I hope you enjoyed listening to this latest episode of Tennis Weekly Meets we will be back next time for another episode of the Tennis Weekly podcast so I hope you can join us for that but in the meantime it's goodbye from Chris goodbye and it's goodbye from me we'll see you again soon